The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. everybody and welcome to this episode of Climate Matters. I'm Lindsay Wood, I'm the Director of Climate Strategy Company Resilience Limited and Climate Matters is brought to you by Fresh FM, the Top of the South's Community Access Radio Station. Well today we're going to cover the just issued Climate Matters number 111 and here is what it's going to cover. When is an offset not an offset? Car parking. Stick with the NPSUD. That will become clear when we get into it. Eating our way out of the climate crisis. Now, that's an interesting bit. And check out work and study travel plans. We'll also have a hot tip for a cool planet. And also we have a quiz question, and I'll run it past you now, and you can be thinking about it while we go through this episode. The quiz question is, what is heme? And heme is spelled H-E-M-E in the American sense or H-A-E-M in the English sense. And the H-A-E-M includes a little bit of a clue for it. What is heme and what is its significance for climate? So anyway, before we start on climate matters, I'm going to take the unusual step of doing a bit of a, a sideways jump. And I'm going to read a little bit of a quote from a, you might call it a sister publication, it's called Sustainability Matters. It's produced by the accountant Ray Skinner. And Sustainability Matters is actually not very unlike Climate Matters in the sense that it's a whole lot of summary um, items. It's actually quite a bit longer than Climate Matters. It's also been running longer than Climate Matters. But um, anyway, what I want to do is highlight an urgency matter that Ray has just announced in his latest sustainability matter. And it, I'm just going to read a little bit of it, and then we will try and put a link to a letter by Dr. Mike Joy, and that link will go in the Fresh FM Climate Matters webpage. Here is a little bit of what Ray, well, it's an extract from some comment by an organization known as the Climate Club. And what did the Climate Club say? Quotes, there is a major devastating reform to our Resource Management Act, which is being quietly rushed through Parliament with just a two-week consultation period. The proposed, quotes, fast-track consent law, close quotes, will enable faster consenting of buildings and more without regard for fresh water and the environment, decisions which impact everyone and should be open to public scrutiny. It is meant to be concluded through Parliament by the 24th of February, hence why I'm putting it in this Climate Matters. Um, Do try and follow it up. If nothing else, email your MP and say that you want to oppose it, but better still try and follow the link to Mike Joy's letter and that will give you some background information as well as um, content you need to, uh, ways of following it up. Okay, so where are we? Getting back into climate matters and moving on from sustainability matters. 
Uh, one of the in the little editorial bit, I said, "Look, I'm feeling that we're being buffeted by a lot of instability around the world, whether it's geopolitical, whether it's climate, whether it's social unrest, and even one thing we report in climate matters on offsets has an unsettling feeling about it." Um, and the the basic message there is, if we find it takes extra resolve to steer towards a flourishing long-term future, then let's work hard to find that extra resolve. I think we're in an era, to be honest, where we have to refocus some of our effort and saying we need to work a bit harder on dealing with the important things that are getting off track, and that may mean spending a little bit less time on other things, but if we get our priorities right, we can achieve good things. Okay, when is an offset not an offset? I think there's long time been cynicism about carbon offset schemes. I've expressed some disquiet about them in the past. Um, and the concerns range from them being like what's known as buying indulgences, which uh, was a, a historical practice in religion and notably Catholicism, where people who were sinners, especially wealthy sinners, could pay the church to be alleviated of their sin and get their clear their uh, their pathway to heaven. Um, the, the parallel there with carbon offsets is that it's a bit like people still polluting the planet and and emitting greenhouse gases and then paying for carbon and forestry or something like that to try and clear the books on what they're emitting. That is not a a long term solution. It's a last-ditch solution if you've got no other option but to reduce your emissions. Um, but anyway, other doubts include, for example, the durability of carbon forests or even when the, whether the carbon forests exist, perish the thought. However, the point about this item is satellite monitoring of California's offsetting forests confirms the fears, unfortunately. I'm quoting... Carbon isn't increasing in the state's 37 offset project sites any more than in other areas. That report was from um, Yale University's Environment 360 newsletter. There will be a link to that on the website. And the, that same report goes on to say, and timber companies aren't logging less than they did before, close quotes. From my point of view, that calls further into question New Zealand Inc.'s major offshoring of offsets. You may recall that the Labour government, in order to make try and meet its Paris obligations and look like we're decarbonising enough, had a major commitment to spend. I can't remember the number, but I think it was in the billions of dollars to other countries to pay for offsets in their forestry schemes. That is not only a ridiculous thing, but it's financially, but it's a total embarrassment to me. And let's uh, think again of the wonderful Pure Advantage Initiative recloaking Papatuanuku, which is a foil for that ridiculous policy. Um, the other thing is that we should really focus on actually cutting our emissions to the max and not trading some of them for notional timber sequestration which Yale reports may well not be happening. Okay, car parking, yay! Stick with business-friendly and climate-friendly policy. 
There's a link there to the Ministry of Environment National Policy Statement on Urban Development. And that sounds a bit of a mouthful, but we're saying in a parking sense, it's ahead of its time, at least in English-speaking countries. You may recall recent Climate Matters talked about the fact that English-speaking countries had tended to drive cars more than non-Anglophone countries, among other things, hence the reference to English-speaking countries. So I'll just start that again. The, the, U, the NPSUD is ahead of its time in minimizing mandatory car parking, and it's good for business by helping revitalize urban centers. The United States is only now implementing similar policy. There is a link there to a Yale education um, publication and also a Melbourne study in Science Direct, which we'll also link to, called the bluff on apartments being a major cause of residential parking problems. This is relevant for Nelson, the Nelson region with its big plan change 29 still in the pipeline. And I'm quoting from the Melbourne study, 77 to 83% of on-street residential parking use is by residents of detached housing, i.e. not apartment dwellers. Most have sufficient off-street parking and half use their garage space for storage or for housing purposes, i.e. the biggest on-street parking problem is due to people living in detached houses who in fact have enough room on their site to get the cars off the street if they're of a mind to. Why is this important for climate? Well, parking provisions, and especially mandatory and free parking, incentivize the use of cars, it increases construction carbon, it erodes public transport, it escalates health issues, and there's more. It makes private site usage less efficient because you have to dedicate some of the site to parking you might not need. It reduces urban vitality and it worsens housing affordability. And if you are, um, why does it worsen housing affordability? Because you've got to pay for the land and the driveway or possibly the garaging to put a car in. Why does it reduce urban vitality? Well, hang on a moment and we'll come to an interesting quote. And this quote also came from the Yale Educational Supplement, and not supplement, Yale Education 360. We've got a link to that. And it's by someone called Henry Graybar. And he's talking about changing streets from parking to the use of them for hospitality purposes like cafes and also possibly for street seating areas and things like that. Here's the quote. Streets that had once been lined with silent machines were transformed into festival scenes. That's pretty cool, isn't it? When you think about it, streets that had once been lined with silent machines were transformed into festival scenes, i.e. we're changing them from a, a storage place for equipment to a place that people can do good things. Right, jumping on to eating our way out of the climate crisis. And I'm going to start by trying to read the bit from a cartoon that we've got there. And it's it's a cartoon of a an older guy by the looks of it um, at a, a cafe ordering some sort of takeaway lunch. And he's saying to the assistant, 
I'm torn between the planet-wrecking, factory-farmed, energy-sucking cruelty burger and the fresh vegan wrath. So why are we doing that? Well, let's get into eating our way out of the climate crisis. And this is based on me reading the very recent book by Hannah Ritchie of um, Our World in Data fame. And the book is called Not the End of the World. Here's what what I've deduced from it. While we absolutely must slash fossil fuels, there's no question about that, we still can't fix climate without changing how we eat. We still can't fix the climate without changing how we eat. So it's as well as fossil fuels, we have to change our eating patterns. In her book, Not the End of the World, Hannah Ritchie doesn't hesitate to use data to dispel different myths. So she's not afraid to point the finger at things that are poorly founded. But in this case, she highlights eat less meat and dairy, especially beef. So we should take note of it. She's not saying eat no meat. And she even sees what she calls a 50-50 beef and plant burger patty as valuable. And she says very tasty step in the decarbonization pathway. When I say very tasty, she reports that some people actually prefer the 50-50 plant bur- beef and plant burger patty, which she also calls a hybrid burger, to the full beef one. She also, and this is relevant for New Zealand, answers those claiming that their beef is somehow okay. Here's her quote on that. Even the best beef emits more than the worst plant-based protein. And here's the quote that I mentioned from her. Food on its own would emit almost three times as much as our 1.5 degree C budget allows. So that's from Hannah Ritchie comparing our rate of food production at the moment, or our not only our rate, but the ways that we produce food with the total carbon budget to keep under 1.5 degrees C. So even if we stopped using fossil fuels tomorrow, we'd also have to change our eating patterns in order to keep within the, the climate limits. Now, moving on, speaking of business-friendly and climate-friendly travel, picking up on the parking item a minute ago, check this out. Work and study travel plans where organizations actively assist personnel to travel more efficiently to work or to school or to uh, university. The travel plans has a surprising suite of benefits. Demand for on-site and public parking eases, not surprising if fewer people drive. The site development flexibility and efficiency improves. So, for example, if a site doesn't need so many car parks, doesn't have to have so many access points and so on, there is more flexibility and efficiency as to how a site can be developed. We're thinking largely of commercial sites here, but it's not only. Also, their development costs reduce, staff drive less, so they reduce VKTs, that is vehicle kilometers traveled, and that is a key metric for reducing congestion, reducing emissions, reducing travel times, and so on. Plus, there are worthwhile health, 
financial and workplace benefits, both for the uh, the individuals and for the organization. So, uh, for example, at one Seattle hospital, sorry, hospital, we have information from they had three quarters of their staff driving to work. And by implementing really good travel plans, they cut that to only a third driving to work. Um, the New Zealand Transport Agent Authority has guidelines, and we'll put a link to those on the Fresh FM Climate Matters website. Well, we're running a little bit over time. We're at the end now. Here's the hotter tip for a cooler planet. Perhaps no surprise here. Try plant-based meat or make your own 50-50 hybrid burger. 50% beef, 50% soy. Come on, try it. Again, quoting Hannah Ritchie, she has calculated if both McDonald's and Burger King made all their patties from hybrid burgers, that would be equivalent to stopping all of the emissions from the whole country of Portugal. So that's amazing. Give it a go if you haven't tried it. Finally, an answer to the question, what is heme? And it's a form of iron found in meat. It's easily absorbed into the body and part of hemoglobin, hence the clue H-A-E-M as one way of spelling heme. It's a source of meaty flavor and a plant-based form of heme is used to boost the meat flavor in some plant-based meats like what you may have heard of, the Impossible Burger, which I think was the organization that actually pinned down the heme protein or heme molecule as being a source. Well, as I said, we're over time. I will need to stop here. This is Lindsay Wood thanking you for your company and, of course, wishing you kia kaha for the climate. And, of course, Climate Matters, as I said at the start, is brought to you by Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access radio station. Fresh FM broadcasts in Blenheim on 88.9, to Eastern Golden Bay on 95.0, to the Nelson CBD on 107.2, and across the Nelson-Tasman region on 104.8. It's also streamed to the planet on freshfm.net and podcasts of Climate Matters and of other locally produced shows are available through freshfm.net and through the accessmedia.nz app. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM with support from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.